Come be a part of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics with your host, Dr. Ed Holliday. Hear the voices of liberty speaking all across America. Doc Holliday provides thought-provoking interviews and commentary about the issues and actions that are afflicting this country and what we need to do to get America back on track. Get fired up. Get inspired. Get on board with Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right now. And here we go. And once again, that is the sound of rock cracking. And ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> there's political rocks cracking everywhere. Last week, impeachment hearings began in the United States House of Representatives. And Donald Trump went right down to Louisiana, kept campaigning. And it seems like there's a lot of enthusiasm out there for President Donald J. Trump. The stock market hit its new high Again, over a hundred different records since uh, Trump has become president and hit 28,000 on the Dow. Wow. I tell you, that's where uh, the economy keeps moving right along. And what does it mean for Donald J. Trump in reelection? Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what's happening on the Democratic side. There is some hustling around and jumping around and some people in, entering the race late in the game. Why? Because nobody thinks anybody out of the 20 Democrats in the field can defeat Donald J. Trump. So we have impeachment hearings and we're going to talk about that. Before we do, let's just jump right into this. Hey, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics right here on webtalkradio.net. That's webtalkradio.net. We're glad to have you here in November. Next week, we're going to be having Thanksgiving. It's already Thanksgiving time. Next week, we'll have a special show about Thanksgiving, so you don't want to miss that. But I do want to tell you that time is moving on. 2020 is right around the corner. Our caucuses are right around the corner in the new year. New Hampshire, right around the corner. So uh, we will talk a little bit about the Democrat race for a presidential nomination from the Demo- for the Democratic Party. And then we're going to dive into what, what happened last week in the impeachment. I can't play all the hours. There's a lot of wasted time, a lot of boring time. And uh, we got some summations. We got some... Uh, tidbits and we pulled out from what happened at the hearing and I think sums it up pretty good. If you listen to uh, Congressman Jim Jordan out of Ohio, what a good job he did. But why, even why, uh, uh, Nunes was the, uh, not the chairman, but the, uh, the head of the Republican in, in the uh, committee, intelligence committee, and he had a question of one of the why one of the witnesses was even there. A good question. So we're going to hear about that. But first, let's talk about what happened last week about the Democrat race for the Democratic nomination for president. Well, we know it's not like they lack diversity. They have so many people running, and and yet there's two people. Another billionaire has thrown their hat in the ring. That's Michael Bloomberg, of uh, former New York mayor for 12 years, and uh, he had three terms uh, for uh, well, uh, yeah, uh, there's three terms for 
the New York mayor. But the thing is, he ran as a Republican the first two times, and then he ran as an independent. He's never held an elected office as a Democrat, but he has billions and billions of dollars, and he can turn loose the spigot and expect to do well in the Democratic race. And then we got the other billionaire, Tom Steyer, that hasn't made a lot of ways, but he's throwing in a, a lot of money in his race in the, for the Democratic nomination. But last week, uh, Deval Patrick, former governor of Massachusetts, who was a good friend of Barack Obama long before Barack Obama ever became president and probably has more ties to Barack Obama that go longer than anybody else running for president, including Joe Biden, the vice president for Barack Obama. So what is going on? Why did Bloomberg jump in? He'd been toying with the idea, but uh, why did he jump in? Well, he clearly feels like nobody in the uh, nobody in the field can beat Donald J. Trump, or he wouldn't jump in. There are some people who are really worried that. Joe Biden is not going to be able to uh, keep up the number one status. He's uh, top polling in, around the country, but it's probably name recognition. When you look at the gaffes he's made, and uh, I think when you saw Bloomberg jump in and Patrick, uh, former Governor Patrick Duvall, uh, that what you see with that going on is the fact that that people have already put the thumbs down on Joe Biden. I think those uh, in the 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 wise old gurus of the Democratic Party who like to control things, I think they made a determination that Joe Biden cannot beat Donald Trump, or you would not see Bloomberg and Patrick join in this race for the Democratic nomination. One thing about Patrick, he's African-American, and we know that uh, Senator Booker and Senator Kamala Harris, both African Americans, but they have not made big waves. They've not made any dent, and they stay well below five percent in the polls. Uh, that's that is not uh, what they were hoping, and you know you don't see any way for them really to come out. You start jockeying around for positions. So why did Bloomberg get in? He feels like Joe Biden cannot do it. And he is scared to death like some uh the Wall Street, the big money Democrats have. And some even said, and we talked about it on this show, they said if uh, Elizabeth Warren is a nominee, some people have flat out said she is a socialist, lean socialism, and Wall Street will not get behind the Democratic nominee if it's Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. So that's why Bloomberg, I believe, jumped in. Because he thinks he can win. If he can't win, what can he do? He can keep uh, uh, Sanders or Warren from getting a nomination. But I, you don't understand is how can he help? This is the question. How can Bloomberg help when he's not going to get the socialists who are already backing, the left-wingers who are backing either Sanders or Warren? He'll only hurt Biden. So he's had to make the determination that Biden is toast. And I think a lot of Republicans have already decided that, and a lot of independents. So they do not want Joe Biden. 
And of all this going on with the impeachment here, and talking about the Ukraine, is doing nothing but pounding away <laughs> at Joe Biden and uh, the problems he has with uh, Hunter Biden, his son, on that uh, board of Burisma for all those years when he was vice president, including when he's vice president. So somebody's made a determination in the Democratic Party that Joe Biden is toast, or you would not see Patrick and Bloomberg jump in. But now Patrick... Getting in late, where does he get his where does he get uh, his voters from? Well, he does not have the money that Bloomberg has, but he has a lot of name recognition. What he does have, if he gets the thumbs up from Barack Obama, then he could get in the thick of the fight. Now, what happens when I say the thick of the fight? Well, you can get four or five people that tally up and divide up all the delegates and we could have a brokered convention this is the journalist dream that's what they want a brokered convention because you don't know which way it's going to go it's not like it's predetermined and if you get a brokered convention then you know all bets are off on who could be it that four or five jockeying for position that's when you start getting all kinds of uh uh, deals, deal making. Who will be the vice president? I'll give you my delegates. If we'll go for you and we'll get, be a vice, you know, uh, I'll take the presidency and give you the vice presidency. All kind of dealing goes on with these, if it's a broker convention. And Bloomberg feels like he has enough money and enough clout that if he can't win in the first three or four primaries, which he's, he's, the, the, his, uh, gurus, political gurus say he's not going to try to go through Iowa and New Hampshire and South Carolina, but he's going to jump in, well, on the Super Tuesday when there's, uh, several, several races, uh, going on 15, 20 states all at one time. And if he does that and then comes out with enough delegates to go to a broker convention, then he can help decide who will be the next uh, nominee for the Democratic uh, for the Democratic Party, he might not even want the presidency. He's seventy seven years old. He, he's as old as Joe Biden. He may not want the presidency, but he may want the power to control a brokered convention. And if he has that, then you can see he can keep it away from the leftist. Does that make sense? I think that makes a lot of sense, that Bloomberg really doesn't want to be president. He wants to have the power to help decide who could be the Democratic nominee and get behind them 100% or even possibly be vice president. I don't think he really wants either one, but he wants to have the power to help decide and make sure it's not Elizabeth Warren or Bernie Sanders. And now, then who would that be? Well, it could be. Uh, Deval Patrick, former governor of Massachusetts. It could be uh, he got in there and he pulls Joe Biden over the finish line if he really likes Biden. I just think Biden will be out of the picture if Bloomberg's in there. It's a broker convention. And that would be where he could help decide who could. And he could even maybe uh, throw his weight behind somebody that maybe came in fifth place but had just enough delegates to get in a broker convention. Uh, all, all the, everything's off the table that goes in a broker convention. So that is, I think, the, the master plan of Bloomberg. Not to win, but to get it to a broker convention 
And then Patrick, he would love to win it all. And if uh, nobody can decide on someone, again, Bloomberg may have – they came out one week. Maybe they already got a plan. You know, I'll help get the broker convention, and I'll get you in, uh, Go- Governor uh, Patrick. So uh, that is <laughs> – that's Doc Holliday's take right now as it sits for the nomination for the Democratic Party for president. Now, we – we, we got to talk about last week and the impeachment hearings began. And was Donald Trump at all concerned? Take a listen to what he had to say in Louisiana when he's campaigning for the governor down in Louisiana on the day uh, uh, when they started, the day after they started impeachment hearings. America is winning again like never before, and America is respected again, respected at the highest levels. Every country that comes to see me, they respect our country again. But while we are creating jobs and killing terrorists, the radical left, Democrats, is ripping our country apart. They're trying to overthrow American democracy and erase the votes of tens of millions of Americans. First, it was the Russia hoax. Then it was the Mueller witch hunt. You remember that one? So far, much more than 100%, because it goes before the election ever took place. We've been going through this from before the election took place. A bunch of bad people. And then one of the single greatest lies ever told by anybody in this government, and I think one of the great scandals right from the beginning, all of the things that they've been doing. And now, the absolutely crazed lunatics, the Democrats, radical left, and their media partners standing right back there. are pushing the deranged impeachment witch hunt for doing nothing wrong. Doing nothing wrong. You know, we did nothing wrong, and they're doing nothing. True. They haven't done a thing since Nancy Pelosi is speaker. They haven't done a thing. But once again, their lies will be exposed, just like the last times. Now, does that sound like a president who is backed into the corner and scared to death to say anything because of impeachment? No, it, it sounds like a president ready to come out fighting, <laughs> and he is fighting, and he's calling Democrats the far-left uh, do-nothing party, do nothing but try to impeach and try to turn the election of uh, over, he said tens of millions, over 63 million people who voted for him, they want to overturn that election of 2016. They're doing it with these impeachment hearings. First, like he said, is a Russian hoax for two, two and a half years. Now it's the impeachment for this uh, supposedly uh, whistleblower on a phone call. And we've talked about it in previous shows. In just a few minutes, I'm, I'm going to play some of the clips that I think are imperative from last week. But first, let me remind you, you're listening to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You're listening to us right here on Web. TalkRadio.net. 
That's webtalkradio.net. Glad to have you. Glad to have you listen to Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We have a show up every Monday morning for our new listeners. Uh, you can go right here to webtalkradio.net, and there's other programs, good programs you want to listen to. But listen to this every Monday morning. We get a new show uploaded. So tell your friends and neighbors about it. We have people listening to us, and we have people who like our show, like our friend Todd Starnes from Fox News. Take a listen to what Ted Starnes has to say about Doc Holliday. Hello, America. Todd Starnes here from the Fox News Corner of the World, and you are listening to Rock Splitting Politics. Sweet mercy. Woo, all right. <laughs> That's good. Hey, that was Todd Starnes talking about Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. We got more friends out across the country and even around the world. We got people listening to us even around the world right here on the, on the uh, technology internet. So Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics goes out to those, and some of you live in countries all over the world, and we welcome you to the show. Now, listen, I do want to say that if you want a book, you can order it at org. Doc Holliday is spelled with two L's in Holiday. So uh, you can go right to the front page of our show on webtalkradio.net. You'll see the picture of a book called Bedrock Truths. And I wrote that book with Dr. Alveda King, Dr. Alex McFarland. Love to get a copy out to you about that. Also got a book uh, called, you know, to help you better understand what's going on in Israel. So uh, we can get that book out for you, too. Love to do that. Just uh, order it right there on our website, www.docholiday.org. We're glad you're listening to the show. Continue listening because right now we got Jim Jordan. To me, this is a clip that Jim Jordan, uh, it was in the uh, hearing, and uh, he was trying to get a last question in, and this is what they had to put up with with uh, uh, Chairman Schiff of the Intelligence Committee. Some people wonder how you get to be chairman, and it's called the Intelligence Committee, and this is a clown show. Who's the who's Bozo? Well, I, I, I think we all know that. But listen to Bozo as he interrupts Jim Jordan at the end of this. When Jim Jordan is here uh, asking questions to Ambassador Yovanovitch, who, uh, who was the ambassador that uh, Donald Trump sent home to get somebody else in place, and because of some things he thought that she was doing that was not uh, helping him out. And so she was one of these on the witness stand. And this is what uh, Jim Jordan was trying to ask her and t- tell her why there's some people who would be concerned about what went on in the 2016 election, what, what some Ukrainians were saying. And then this, just listen what Chairman Schiff had to say and the way uh, – uh, right on the spot, the way Congressman Jim Jordan responded. So take a listen to this little clip. It's pretty funny. Maybe we can kind of see why the president was a little concerned when you have the highest ranking officials in the government, the ambassador criticizing him, parliamentary member Lashenko criticizing him, when you have Avakov, the guy who first told you about Giuliani, criticizing him. All this going on, and when you couple that with the concerns he has about corruption, the concerns he has about Europe not doing enough, the concerns he has about 
reluctant to send in the hard-earned tax dollars to any country. Mr. Jordan, frankly. I have indulged you with extra time, but I appreciate I, it. indulgence is wearing out. I appreciate it. Uh, there is a question. Our, right? our indulgence wore out with you a long time ago, Mr. Chairman. Well, I had, I'll tell you that. But I'm about to gavel you down, so if you have a question, well, I suggest you... you I'm asking her, is, is, do you think there's maybe a reason that, this was, that, that, that President Trump's concern was justified? You know, I, I can't speak for the president on this. Um, but what I would say is um, you've listed a number of actions. I, I think from my point of view, uh, that, doesn't, um, that doesn't create a Ukrainian government strategy uh, to interfere in our election. I didn't say that. Uh, Mr. Jordan, please allow the ambassador to answer the question. So I, I would just say that, um, you know, U.S. politicians will often <laughs> criticize policies of uh, foreign, uh, foreign counterparts, even perhaps during their elections. Uh, you know, this, this happens in politics, and I think that it, it doesn't necessarily constitute interference. Would you ever write an op-ed critical of a presidential Jordan, candidate in Ukraine? Jordan, your time has expired. Now, Congressman Schiff had earlier stopped uh, uh, Congresswoman a Republican congresswoman from trying to speak out, and he just very rudely controlled that like, uh, I, I think I call him before, Stalin Jr. You, you know, we're talking about a Soviet-style uh, kind of uh, hearing, and, and you could say Joseph Stalin very much instead of the word uh, Congressman Schiff, it's Joseph Stalin Jr., that's, that's the way it was run, a Soviet-style dictatorship where he gave absolute, he has absolute power and won't, uh, would not allow, he won't allow certain, uh, people to be called as witnesses. The Republicans have no power at all. And they say this is, uh, democracy and work in action. <laughs> Absolutely not. What is it, Jim Jordan? Tell us what it is. Well, uh, Second hearing, third witness, uh, third witness who has no first-hand knowledge of the subject that is supposed to be the focus of this entire inquiry, third witness who never talked to the president, third witness who never spoke with Chief of Staff Mulvaney, who was not, third witness who was not on the call, um, third witness who wasn't even, in, as I said, in Ukraine when, when, when the relevant, uh, during the relevant time frame. Wasn't even there when President Zelensky that uh, left before he was even inaugurated as as the new president. Um, so again, four facts. I say this every time, but it's the truth. Four facts have never changed, will never change. We got the call transcript. There was no conditionality or uh, linkage on the call between an investigation and security assistance. We have the two individuals on the call who both said that um, there was no pressure, no linkage. We know that the Ukrainians didn't even know aid was withheld or on hold at the time of the call. And most importantly, the Ukrainians, specifically President Zelensky, never took any official action to get the aid released. And so those, those facts uh, never change and, and will never change. I'll let Ms. Stefanik say a word and then we'll take the question. Sure. So this was day two of this so-called impeachment inquiry. But yet here in just a few minutes, we're going back to the bunker in the basement of the Capitol for another deposition that the American people won't get to see. What they also haven't seen yet 
are four transcripts of people who've already been deposed, which means under House rules, we cannot use that testimony in these proceedings. We would like to use parts of the testimony from Mr. Morrison as an example in the open hearings, but we're prohibited under House rules from doing that. So a great question for you all to ask Mr. Schiff is, when is he going to release those transcripts so we can actually use that information in the public hearings? And that's why we call him uh, Congressman Schiff uh, Stalin Jr. Joseph Stalin Jr. or uh, Congressman Schiff, take your pick. They're both, uh, when it comes to uh, Soviet-style kind of uh, hearings, that's what we're getting here. Now, uh, what what else? Well, uh, Ranking Member Nunes, uh, he uh, had this to say about the hearings. Again, why was people like Ambassador Yovanovitch, she wasn't even near she wasn't even there she was an ambassador when the this uh, so-called whistleblower said a phone call was made from the president of the united states to the president of ukraine she wasn't even there and i will just take a listen to what congressman nunes had to say ranking member nunes you, you, you said that the, the screen in front of them was not working my understanding is the screen was not working uh, in front of them so they were given copies so they could read along since they can't see the screens that we can um, Mr. Nunes, you're recognized for 45 minutes along with Minority Counsel. Uh, first, uh, Mr. Chair, I want to submit for the record Senator Grassley's letter to the Department of Justice dated July 20th, 2017. I read a portion of that uh, into the record during my opening statement. Without objection. Ambassador. Uh, Congratulate you. You've been down in the secret deposition meeting rooms. Uh, you've graduated and for your performance today. Uh, later this afternoon, I should note that for the public that we will be back down in the basement of the Capitol uh, doing uh, more of these secret depositions. Uh, Ambassador, I just have a, I don't really have very many questions for you. Uh, you admitted in your opening statement that uh, you don't have any first-hand knowledge of the issues that we're looking into. Uh, but I do want to talk a little bit about Senator Grassley very briefly. Uh, I assume that you know who Senator Grassley is? Yes, sir, I do. Do you believe that Senator Grassley is a serious and credible elected official? I have no reason to think otherwise. Were you involved in the July 25th Trump Zelensky phone call or preparations for the call? No, I was not. Were you involved in the deliberations about the pause in military sales to Ukraine as the Trump administration reviewed newly elected President Zelensky's commitment to corruption reforms? For the delay in... Um, for the pause. The pause? Um, no, I was not. Were you involved in the proposed Trump-Zelensky, later Pence-Zelensky meetings in Warsaw, Poland on September 1st? No, I was not. Did you ever talk to President Trump in 2019? No, I have not. Mick Mulvaney? No, I have not. Thank you, Ambassador. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, what the ambassador is doing here today. Uh, this is the House Intelligence Committee that's now turned into the House Impeachment Committee. Uh, this seems more appropriate uh, for the Subcommittee on Human Resources at the Foreign Affairs 
uh, committee. Uh, if there's issues with, with employment disagreements with the administration, it would seem like this would be a more appropriate setting uh, instead of an impeachment hearing where uh, the ambassador is not uh, a material fact witness uh, to anything, any of the accusations that are being hurled uh, at the president for this impeachment inquiry. I'm, uh, I have several questions I think uh, Mr. Castor wants to get to. Uh, I know Ms. Stefanik, you had a, a few quick questions for the ambassador. Yield to you, Ms. Stefanik. Thank you, Mr. Nunez. Ambassador Yovanovitch, thank you for being here today. Suspend. The gentlewoman will suspend. What is the interruption for this time? It is our time. The gentlewoman will suspend. You're not recognized. Mr. Nunez, you are minority counsel. I just recognize. Under the House Resolution 660, you are not allowed to yield time except to minority counsel. The ranking member You're yielded time to another member of Congress. No, that is not accurate. You're gagging the that is accurate. New York. Ambassador Yovanovitch, I want to thank you for being here today. Gentlewoman will suspend. You're not recognized. This uh, is the fifth time you have interrupted members of Congress, newly elected members of Congress. The woman will suspend. Uh, Mr. Chair, we, we control the time. Uh, it's been customary of this committee that whoever controls the time uh, can yield to whoever they wish. If we have members of Congress that have a few questions, it seems appropriate that we be able to let Ms. Stefanik. Well, little Stalin Jr., Congressman Schiff, did not let Miss Stephanie, uh, give her, ask her questions, and it was very rude, very one, one-sided. And uh, as you heard Congressman Jordan say previously, that uh, there's testimony they'd like to use in these public hearings, but because it has the transcript has not been released, the Republicans are not allowed to use that. This is such a bogus, bogus hearing. Just uh, that you can't even start to count the ways that Stalin Jr. is uh, uh, running this uh, Soviet-style hearing. American people should, it, it is an, uh, should be an outcry in Congressman Schiff's district. I mean, throw this monkey out. This clown. This guy who's saying that he's running a fair hearing and it's everything but fair. It's a Soviet style uh, that he must have learned from uh, the communist uh, studying communism. Evidently, the leftists are pushing him, and evidently he loves that, and he wants to be Stalin Jr., it looks like. But that's the kind of hearing that he is putting together. And I know somebody go, you're comparing him to Stalin Jr. He's, Joseph Stalin killed 30 million people. I'm not saying he's killing people. I'm not saying that he's a dictator because, thank goodness, Congressman Schiff, he couldn't ever run for president, much less be able to even contemplate the office. But the way he's running this hearing is a Soviet-style hearing where it's not fair, it's one-sided, and he has made it that way purposefully. And every Democrat who voted for it to be this way in the House rules is guilty of this sham of a hearing a sham of a hearing it's a shame that is happening in america and every democrat should pay a price for not being able to stand up for american fairness if of uh, uh when it comes to a trial when it comes to getting the truth out this is pathetic and american people should kick every democrat out that's the way i feel that's the way i see it that's doc holiday's rock splitting politics for this week next week we got a thanksgiving show and uh can't wait to click it on next week and see you then
Thanks for joining us today, and remember to listen again next week for another edition of Doc Holliday's Rock Splitting Politics. You can order Ed's new book, Bedrock Truths, by clicking on the book cover right in front of you on the screen, or visit DocHolliday.org. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. We'll be right back.